Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Video Games Now podcast. My name is Rodney and joined by Skype is Will and uh, Brooks. Hey, how's it going folks? Alright, today we're going to talk about part one of our E3 predictions for 2018. So we'll uh, spend, uh, we'll start with Nintendo here and then we'll uh, branch out and talk about uh, some Ubisoft and talk about some Bethesda. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, I'm sure you guys are excited about E3, yeah? Oh, I got goosebumps. I can't wait for E3 this year. Literally not going to sleep. We're going to be like, (laughs) it's going to be good. Okay, guys, stay tuned. Nintendo coming up right now. All right, welcome again to the VGN podcast. Nintendo. I'm sure they got a big lineup for their uh, for E3 this year, boys. And uh, definitely Smash Bros. is going to top that list. Yeah, uh, Smash Bros. is probably going to be their, their big one. But I wouldn't put it past them since they've already teased Smash Bros. that they have something big in the waiting. Something like a Nintendo 64 Mini? Yeah, that would be very big. Uh, I could see pre-orders for that selling out within maybe an hour, maybe two. <laughs> I see that that order just crashing every website that hosts it, basically, yeah. I see myself, like, recycling through different websites trying to get my order through. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I was talking about this with someone at work, and uh, he brought up a good point, is if it's going to be mini, how are you going to plug in four controllers? Ooh... I don't, well, even the mini, like the 64 controller ports aren't that big and the mini could still support four, uh, four controllers, I would say. I, I, I think they would change the plug on it, honestly, because like those were some honking plugs back in the day for the 64. I don't think they need something that big anymore. Yeah, but didn't the NES um, have uh, two player uh, support or four? I can't remember. No, it was two player. I think it was. No, it was two player. Yeah. There was only two ports, I think. Yeah, with the controllers. and the SNES as well. Yeah, yeah, but they still kept those ports with the the minis. So, I, I would say they do the same thing with the mini N sixty four. Yeah, I think the Which, idea was that you could use the controllers in your closet as the controllers for the system. So yeah. we don't have a release date officially for this game yet, but I'm seeing rumors about September twenty eighteen possibly being release date so we might get an actual confirmed release date this e3 for the game which would be for great what? for the 64 for, mini for this no for smash bros switch oh i see yeah yeah. Uh, like, yeah it would make sense because every smash bros i i've played i usually see them it's a holiday game yeah for sure 
that's when they they sell the most games they sell the most console units that's a game that's going to push uh push units for sure can we uh can we talk about the roster what do you guys think is going to be in the game for uh, sure i think guaranteed we're going to have link uh we're going to have mario we're going to have the original like yeah, 10 for sure original, yeah the original characters for sure but what about what about new characters do you guys have any any ideas i mean other than like Jigglypuff, Kirby, those ones. I can tell you who I don't want them to bring back, and that's Ike. He's an <laughs> or Marth. Or I think Marth. Marth's gonna be in it. I have a feeling that those two are gonna be in the game. So. I don't want to see another goddamn Fire Emblem character for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, I think this was before you joined us, Brooks, but we actually did uh, a top ten. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was a top ten. Yeah. Uh, four uh, characters we want to see uh, come to uh, Smash yeah. Bros. And yeah. uh, there's a couple in there that I really, really want to see. One of them is actually Will's kind of top pick, and that's King K. Rool. From yeah, they yeah, I mean, I'd like to see some new Pokemon uh, added as well, which could uh, spice spice things up, especially with the release of the new Pokemon game. I could yeah. definitely do that. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, Pikachu's good. I mean, Pikachu will be in it anyway. It's like the mascot of the freaking franchise. But Jigglypuff. Uh, yeah, oh man, I've seen some dirty matches uh, where people are playing as Jigglypuff, like just straight dirt. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, Greninja, I didn't mind. I like Greninja. He can come back. Charizard even can come back. Charizard and Greninja, I liked. I don't actually see them making a return though, mainly because it's a previous generation now. I think Greninja was there mainly to put spotlight on um gen 7 or gen 6 yeah gen 6 yeah that's true but they brought back mewtwo and he's gen 1 but mind yeah, you like everybody who's been around forever yeah everybody's you know. like mewtwo bring him in yeah they're gonna have some definite pop culture references too as well come in what do you guys think what do you guys think they're gonna throw in like i remember in uh back in brawl they had solid snake like do you think we're gonna see any weird additions like that well, one of the ones I brought up in the podcast and the top 10 back there, I really like to see them bring in um, Shovel Knight. That'd be, I think that'd be interesting too, because they already have like a 2D type character, right? Game and Watch. So it'd be interesting to see another 2D type character on the same plane. That wasn't a pun. Yeah, that was no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> so what else is going to be at the Nintendo press conference you guys looking forward to? Possibly the new Pokemon. We're going to see Pokemon on the Switch maybe. Yeah, uh, I've seen. I saw the trailer, like I said in the last podcast, and I'm super stoked for it. Um, and I even showed my girlfriend, and I made her watch the whole three minute trailer, and she seems somewhat into it. So hopefully, I could break her. Nice. I mean, I just want to see. Sorry, go ahead, Will. I'm going to say though, like uh, the new one that they're talking about, the next core game that'll be out in 2019. I highly doubt they're going to showcase uh, showcase that or even show it off at E3. If anything, it'll probably be something that'll be unveiled usually within six to seven months of release. That's usually oh. what they do with those core games. I don't know, man. Maybe that's the big announcement because uh, usually Pokemon games get released earlier in the year. That's kind of their track record. I'm just going to look up whenever. Like, I know the very first one was released in January. So Yeah, I'd but be... the, remember like Sun and Moon. Um, I bought you... Uh, I think I bought you Sun or Moon. I bought you Moon. I you can't bought... remember. And I played Sun. Yeah. And didn't that come out in October? And same with uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I'm pretty sure those came out in like October, November last year. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, I know the first one for sure came out because I remember they released the Pokemon Yellow or Red and Blue on the eShop, and it was to celebrate the 20th anniversary. 
in January. Yeah, talking about uh, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pokemon uh, Let's Go Pikachu, after watching the trailer, it actually, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be too embarrassed to say this, but I pulled out my uh, old Game Boy Color and I've started playing Pokemon Yellow. Nice. That's good, man. Yeah, um, so yeah, the first one was released February 27th, 1996 in Japan. And I'm just finding dates, unfortunately, right now. Or, uh, sorry, year ranges. That's not helpful. <laughs> um, and then Gold and Silver came out. Uh, oh, it came out in October. So, yeah, maybe it did start to push later. But, yeah, whatever. I mean, I would I would tease it just a little bit. Just to let them know, like, hey. I mean, everyone already knows that it's in de development because uh, Sun and Moon came out, like, three years ago or whatever it is now. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's just, it depends, like, if that game's not coming out till 2019, then I highly doubt they're going to showcase anything, because then they have to show off Gen 8 Pokemon. Actually, wait, it wasn't three years ago. I've only known you for three years. That was, like, two years ago. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Because, yeah. Shall we move on to Metroid Prime 4, boys? Metroid Prime 4. Why don't we? Because last, yeah. last E3, they announced that. I remember we got, like, a nice, like, 20-second teaser. Just of the logo, so I feel like this year is the time for a full reveal. Maybe some some gameplay, a trailer, or something like that. There'll be a full reveal, but like I don't think that was a 10, uh, 20 second uh, reveal, like uh, teaser. It seemed more like a ten second. It was just uh, the Metro nice logo, and, and then it then it just faded into another game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's enough to get me stoked though, because I remember playing Metroid Prime on the GameCube when I was a little kid and absolutely falling in love with the mechanics and and everything. So it was like one of the coolest sci-fi games out there on the on the Nintendo uh, GameCube. Yeah, they have like, They didn't really have another sci-fi first-person shooter like it. Yeah, it's it was definitely interesting and uh yeah, they haven't released anything in quite a while. So Well, they have released a Metroid game. Do you guys remember oh, that co-op one, that garbage one that they just released like 2 years ago? That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, and Metroid, like after forgettable entries like Metroid Other M and stuff like that, I think it's time that we go back to a return to form so we get like a solid decent gameplay yeah. drift one because like when they tried to do the whole story thing i feel like other m kind of sucked because they tried to tried too hard in that sort of regard did you guys ever play that mini game in nintendo land the uh, for metroid mm, hard i can't remember i don't think i did what about you brooks no i haven't man that game was fun there was <laughs> there was uh, i mean all the all the little mini games on nintendo land are a lot of fun but uh, I like. I mean, I really like the Zelda one, and I had perfect score on everything except for the very, very last level. But uh, yeah, the Metroid one was also a lot of fun. But uh, that sucks. You guys haven't played. Maybe you guys should come over and we'll uh, have a drink and or or four and or five and uh, play the game. <laughs> if there's four or five drinks, then uh, there better be a couch involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be sitting down for this one. All right, moving on here to. We got what else? N64 Classic Edition, most yeah. likely. Yeah. Because there were a lot of rumors, and now I, I it feel like, like that's definitely a thing. I feel like you jumped like through time at some point, because like Will and I were talking about this earlier, and then you went back to Smash Bros, and then we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we just kept moving <laughs> along. And then you're like, oh, yeah, the N64 Classic. And we're like, okay. It's all cyclical. <laughs> it's cyclical. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, the N64 Classic um, would be a f phenomenal uh, gift to myself. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wonder how much it's gonna be too. They may show off uh, how much it's gonna cost as well. I hope I hope it's not too expensive. It's gonna be a hundred. They sold the uh, NES uh, Classic for a hundred. They've sold the SNES Classic for a hundred. They're not gonna go more than that, mainly because it's an old system, and and they can still make more money off of it. All they have to do is sell the console and one controller with the thirty games or whatnot for a hundred dollars. Sell an extra controller for twenty. Yeah. Well, what is the Classic games gonna be? Because like, there's some. A plus and 64 games out there. Well, that's another thing too. What about all the rare games? Rare is owned by Microsoft now, so are we going to see Conquer and all the you know Perfect Dark, all those classic N64 games? Are those even going to be able to make it on this one? No, they can't. Uh, Microsoft actually bought the license because if you remember, they did the Rare Replay. Uh, yeah, and Rare Replay that made up like the heart of, in my opinion, Rare video games made up the heart of the N64. So I feel like if they redo it and they won't have those games, it's going to be missing a huge piece. Wow, there was a lot of rare games too. There was DK64, there was uh, Perfect Dark was rare, right? Oh yeah. Oh shit. Oh, Banjo, the, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Banjo-Kazooie. Like, it's going to be a serious hit to the uh, to the, to the the games on the, in the N64 Classic. So it's like if I can't play those games, it takes away half the value for me. I'm just thinking... I, I... Sorry, go ahead, Will. But... You know, as much as the Rare games really did uh, highlight that generation with the N64, there was a lot, and I mean a lot of other Nintendo games that stole the spotlight. Like, one, I'm, I know it's going to be on there, mainly because of how great it was for the N64, Goldeneye. Yeah, I was just going to bring Goldeneye up, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Goldeneye, basically the godfather of the FPS genre, let's be frank. Eh? Eh? Oh, you guys. I agree. Know. No, I agree. I, I totally <laughs> agree. I'm looking up uh, top uh, N64 games to kind of see uh, what we might get with this. I console. still remember that mi- that escort mission with that girl, uh, Tatiana, Nat- or Nat- Nat- Natalie, oh. or whatever her name was. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Oh yeah. Okay, we might be is that you're talking the story, but like if we're talking like the Godfather of like first person on like multiplayer shooting. Oh yeah, it, definitely. Yeah. Especially with the couch co-op on a, on a console. Yeah, hundred percent. It was that, and then Halo on the next generation and on Xbox that started it all. Like yeah. half my friends bought that game, never played the story. They only bought it for that multiplayer. Yeah, and back in the day when you have to push R to aim. Do you guys remember that dick who would always pick odd job and would be a foot shorter than everyone else and was impossible to hit because the controls were so terrible to begin with and then you'd have a guy who was like two feet tall? Yeah. <laughs> I liked odd job. Yeah. <laughs> so OP. There was, uh, there was two things that are, if you go back and play the game now, that are really, really noticeable. The first one is the auto aim is like on max. Like you literally see somebody and you're like instantly snap over and aim at them. Um, and the other thing is, uh, is there's kind of little to no strategy. Like, you know, obviously in modern games, there's somewhat a little bit of a strategy where you can outsmart your opponents and then shoot them. But in this one, it's like literally you got to stand there, hold our aim and then shoot them or, or vice versa or whatever. Like, or you could maybe dock in a door, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think of the, the N64 controller and, and how bad like it was to move around. <laughs> well, it was fine when we were kids, but now that we have like, like ape hands, which is like it's just not, it doesn't work. So, speaking wh- of which, do you think they're gonna do anything to the N64 Classic controller? It would be cool if they kind of made it somewhat like the Cube controller, 
because the cube controller is kind of more comfortable or obviously more comfortable to hold than the N64 controller and just put like no one uses the D-pad let's be honest so as just, long I mean as long as they have a public service announcement putting all those kids that use their two fingers and only hold the middle piece to bed because that's ridiculous every time I see these younger generation kids like with their thumb and their index finger both on the joystick it just kills me inside <laughs> oh yeah I did, yeah there's a button underneath, buds. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, moving on from GoldenEye, what other games... Well, this one we don't really need to talk about, but it's definitely going to be on there is Super Mario 64. And yep. uh, Zelda, of course, to capitalize yeah. on, the, on oh. the success of uh, Breath of the Wild. All I'm the trying Zeldas. to remember the name of the game, but do you guys remember that uh, Wave Racer one? Wave Rider? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. I With played the ski the That was really good. Uh, it was one of their top games. Something on 64. 64. I just can't I, remember. Yeah, it's like yeah. Wave Racer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then there's Diddy Kong Racing. That's, that was rare, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Shit. I think so, yeah. Uh, we're going to get Mario Kart, of course. It's going to come back. Mario Party, probably, will also be there. Oh, Mario um, Party. <laughs> Pilot Wings. Some of the Ubisoft titles, like uh, Rainbow Six, uh, Rainbow Six, the original one, yep. uh, was on the N64. That one was that hard, one dude. That one was freaking hard. I found it. Yeah, well, that, game was, that game was stupid hard, especially yeah. when I, I was like five years old, too, so I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. Well, I mean, we'll go back now, and it'll probably be really easy, but it was freaking hard back in the day. For sure, and then I uh, played it last year. It was still hard, man. Oh really? <laughs> it's funny. Um, I remember that rooftop mission, and that's about it. Because I did that one a million times, and I couldn't get any further than like that main room. Like you go in and going through the hall or whatever, and then the, that main yeah, room. Yeah, down the stairs it. and through the hall, and that was it. I got killed every time. Yeah, yeah, or detected or whatever. Yeah, it just <laughs> yeah. Um, Games back in the day were hard, man. So not anymore. Well, I mean, unless yeah. you play online and you get rocked by all the really good people. Should we talk about uh, Bethesda? It's next on the list. Yeah, yeah, we can move on to Bethesda. I was going to talk about some more Nintendo, but okay. Oh, no, no, no. Let's go back to Nintendo. <laughs> we got to give all the love to Nintendo. All the love to Nintendo. Um, la in E3 2017, they teased a Yoshi for Switch, and I'm wondering... If that's gonna make an appearance in this E3, because they they had a pretty they had a demonstration and everything, so it's it, it was obviously pretty far into de into development, so it's kind of strange that we haven't seen anything about it since. That's why I was uh, thinking that that might be one of their hidden gems. I was thinking like earlier la this year, probably around January, that we'd see it come back in a Nintendo Direct, but as we haven't, and there's no they haven't said it's been canceled. It's definitely going to be one of the things they're trying to keep uh, behind doors till uh, yeah. a reveal at E3. I mean, they could have swept it under the rug too. Like, nope, no Yoshi. Sorry. I, I think there's too much love for Yoshi to to do something like that. Yeah, true. True that. All right, but yeah, I mean, I didn't play the yarn Yoshi. I don't know how exciting that one was. Actually, Brit Brittany has that. It, it wasn't bad, but like now. When I'm saying like love for Yoshi though, like they announced the Yoshi last year, yeah. If they announced a oh they did, didn't they? A WarioWare title last year at E3. Another WarioWare. Are those games even fun? No, they're not. <laughs> That's why I was like, That's a forgotten game that they could have just swept under the rug. And <laughs> <cared."> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, here's an interesting one that we'll probably talk about for two seconds. Uh, Star Fox Grand Prix. So they got rid of Rare and they can't have Diddy Kong Racing anymore. So they just put another game of animals racing each other. Now, are we talking, since it's Star Fox, is this going to be actual racing on the ground? Or are they going to try to take this as like spaceship racing? Well, let me just read what this article says. It says, Retro Studios isn't handling the new Metroid game. But that doesn't mean the studio isn't a, isn't tackling a Nintendo Space franchise. It was reported in early May that Retro is working on a Star Fox racing game titled Star Fox Grand Prix, which appears to be a blend of the series' air-based vehicular gameplay with an open with open-ended areas re- reminiscent of Diddy Kong Racing. So, li- literally, just like I said. Um, thus far, we're still skeptical, but if it's real, there's a good chance that Nintendo shows it off during their presentation. The game sounds like it'll be easier to demonstrate than the Wii U Star Fox Zero, which had a convoluted control scheme that looked almost as bad in videos as it was in real life. Yeah, did you guys, you guys played Star Fox Zero, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Um, I, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I played, I bought it, and then I played, like, an hour of it, and then I didn't pick it up again, so thank God I bought it for, like, 30 bucks. Yeah, I only, uh, I think I actually borrowed it from a friend after you bought your copy, because... It, it just didn't look like a game that I was fully interested in, and I think they've really been a letdown so far in the last, like, decade with uh, Star Fox. Yeah, and um, I <laughs> I just didn't get the same feeling that I got when I played the original one, you know? It, it, it was it was a little bit different, for sure. Yeah. After I mean, which they... they oh, go ahead. I was going to say, they did a, a remaster of the original one, and even that one wasn't as good as I remember it. Yeah. Well, I think it was the gyro controls, honestly. Like, um, they were definitely bad. Yeah, I mean, it, they weren't necessarily bad. It just didn't feel nat. Like they were trying to make you feel like you were flying the fucking plane, and you're not. Well, you are, but you're not. <laughs> I just, just think know. with what they sh- uh, they did with uh, the um, uh, Mario yes uh, last year is. The Switch has so much promise and power that they could actually deliver a great Star Fox title. Yeah, but I mean, no one really even... I mean, they tried to expand it on the GameCube and make you not just fly around. And that one kind of blew. I mean, it was okay, but I don't know. I didn't really like it myself. I don't know about you guys. No, I I do remember it. I didn't like it. It, it It was very repetitive. Yeah, um... And also, the characters piss me off. I mean, they pissed me off in the Star Fox 64 one. Like, Peppy, I just wanted to punch him in the freaking teeth. And uh, Slippy the Toad, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> just bitch slap that Slippy the Toad. That Slippy the Toad is just super annoying. Why are there yeah. ships coming out of the bay? Oh! Oh! <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. That didn't bring good memories back. <laughs> I only liked Falco because he was an arrogant asshole. And I'm like, yeah, that's how you're supposed to fly a plane, like an arrogant asshole. Every like, yeah, like, like fighter pilot movie. That's basically the personification of. You didn't like Pepe Dual barrel roll. You didn't. You didn't like him. Um, no, it's what he, he is cheesy though. He's like the goose to to Fox's Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Well, he would say do a barrel roll, and then later on, he would like in the next mission, he's like, oh, maybe he forgot. I'll say it in a different way. To do a barrel roll, push Z or R twice. Shut up, Peppy. <laughs> um, but uh, when I played Breath of the Wild, the um, the um, 
the bird dude. I can't remember the race name right now. But anyways, the bird dude literally made me think of Falco the whole time because it's it's Falco. Like his 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 personality and everything is Falco. It's like Jesus. You just copy and paste it. Yeah, I got the same. Yeah, <laughs> don't even. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. the whole series kind of just got like stale. Yeah. Yeah, and then so then they obviously re-released the sixty the sixty four version on the three DS, and I don't know if it sold very many copies or not. Why don't we just use the the tool that we have in front of us called the internet, and we'll find that out. So I don't know, <laughs> but I mean, it was like I said, it was fun. I I did enjoy playing through the game again, but the gyro controls got a little weird. And then, but when you turn them off, it just it also felt wrong. It, there was no middle ground for that. For, for I don't know reason. how much it sold, but looking at reviews, it averaged um, 8 out of 10 on at least 15 different sites. For the original or for the remake? For the remake uh, for the 3DS. Okay. Um, I'm just going to quickly look up where that started. But, yeah, I mean, the, the subsequent ones on the GameCube, like I said, I, actually, how well did those ones sell? Because those ones... To me, felt like they just weren't. Yeah, they weren't up to snuff. And then they made two out of all things. But the thing that makes me, the, I mean, mind you, back in the day, AI for video games was kind of balls. So your AI for your that pissed me off the most about Star Fox 64 is it's like you literally did all the work. Like they would get like two kills a, a round, and you're like, can you like, you know, you're supposed to be an ace pilot yet yeah, you suck. <laughs> so, you know. This song is making me want to go play Pokemon. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the champion theme from Crystal. Yeah, yeah, that battle right, was so hard. We should move on to the next uh, company, like um, Brooke said. So let's start with uh, Bethesda. Bethesda, who recently announced Fallout seventy six. <laughs> Yeah, Fallout Battle Royale. Here we go. Well, I want to say, like, <laughs> I guess they forgot Fallout 5 to 75. These are these guys are time travelers from... Those uh, have all been canceled. From, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope it's good. Like, it's just to get right into it, it looks like they're going to be doing something different with this new Fallout entry. Uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be mainline Fallout, so it's probably going to be a side project Fallout. So who knows? I mean, New Vegas started as a side project, and that was one of the best Fallout games of all. I mean, but then again, Fallout Tactics, however, turned into a big colossal piece of shit. Pardon my French. So, I mean, it could go either way. I think if they do... If they just take... like, Did you guys both play Fallout 4? No, I didn't. If they take the gameplay elements from Fallout 4 and then the base building slash resource gathering and crafting and turn that into a survival game, I think it could be cool. Um, I don't know how much replayability a game like that could have. We already have Rust. We have Ark Survival Evolved. Do we really need another Fallout-themed survival game? Yeah. Who knows? Um... I will note, though, this the picture that we put on our website, the one where the, the jacket wearing the 76. Every time I look at that, I think of um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and the character that Kurt Russell played and when he was, like, driving, like, the first scene of the movie. Ego. Like, yeah, yeah, ego. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just looking at that. I'm like, yeah, Kurt Russell wears that, that shirt or that, that jacket right there from the 70s. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean that's what I, I that's what I see. It's like from year 1976. That's what I think that looks like. But you know, I know I know I'm wrong. I'm a big fan of like Fallout until uh, they actually show me something worthwhile with the Fallout, the new Fallout. I'm gonna hold my breath. <laughs> hold your breath. Hold it until the bubbles stop. But uh, anyways, Bethesda also has uh, some exciting other lineups here. We got uh, Rage 2 is another uh, potential thing that we'll see at E3. What do you guys think of that? I uh, I really enjoyed the first Rage. It was very... Um, it didn't sell as well as they hoped, but it had a cool story, very similar to Fallout in its own way, as you were like cryogenically frozen. I can't remember why, but then you wake up years later... I just, and yeah, I just remember being a crazy sci-fi game. It kind of came out of nowhere too, like right at the end of the uh, out of the console's life cycle, and then it kind of had like this wacky Mad Max kind of personality, and had like a really fun shooter mechanic, kind of like Doom or something like that. So I really liked that. I, I think they could like based on Doom and like the, how Doom went. I'm really excited to see what they do with that. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I really enjoyed Rage 1. Rage 2 is definitely on my radar this year. I mean, if it plays anything like Wolfenstein, either the Wolfenstein games or the Dune games, I think we're going to be in for a treat. Right, so in this in this article here, it's saying that uh, um, you're, it's not the Fallout Wasteland and it's not the Wasteland 2 Wasteland either. So it's an entirely different land that you that they've wasted, especially for the occasion of Rage yeah. 2. Yeah. <laughs> So that's funny. Some some of these journalists are funny. Uh, anyways, uh, Wolfenstein, Dishonored, and or Doom. So uh, don't forget Prey. Uh, Prey was really good as a not a so much a survival, but a, kind of a sci-fi horror game, I guess you would call it. I wonder if all these uh, survival games are um, are being released to prepare us for the uh, inevitable doom of uh, <laughs> the end of the world for. Uh, various causes <laughs> just gonna leave that open-ended <laughs> but uh <laughs> we never got a chance to play the wolfenstein 2 at pax unfortunately will because you know the lineup was four hours long and we had better things to do than to stand stand beside a bunch of people who just had uh footlong chili dogs wolfenstein 2 the new colossus came out uh in october 2017 and it was recently ported over to the nintendo switch yeah the- we're gonna get it on switch which is gonna be awesome yeah uh, have you guys played either of the uh, newest uh wolfenstein games Oh yeah, I own both of them for the PlayStation 4, and I have beaten them both uh, multiple times. I mean, I'm interested to see how it runs, because like I know that Wolfenstein isn't as graphically demanding as Doom, because there's not as many effects and stuff going on, so I'm pretty sure they could, it'll run, like, it'll, they say it's going to be running at, like, at least 30 FPS the whole time, and graphically it won't be, like, it'll look pretty good. I mean, they pulled it off with Doom, and it, and it worked great, so I think they could definitely pull this off. Yeah. Looks really cool. I mean, the second one looked really cool. I didn't play it myself, but um, well, I'm so glad you're here. You've played like every game ever made. <laughs> That's not always a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good Just for saying. this podcast, yeah. So. so what else? What else is Bethesda gonna shell out? They might uh, they might show the long-awaited Elder Scrolls Six, right? We can hold out hope for that. Yeah, there's right. gonna so, be a, probably a teaser, maybe if it is gonna be shown, but uh, I can't remember. I think it's Todd Howard, who's the CEO of Bethesda, has said um, that they're still a ways away from releasing Elder Scrolls Six. 
And I think they're just focusing more on these. Uh, well, I do know they have apparently two new IPs in development. Nothing else is known about them. And uh, I think they're going to go back to some of their older stuff like they've been bringing back. Doom, um, Prey, Rage now. A lot of other games are coming. I'm still holding out hope for a Fallout uh, 3 or New Vegas remaster. Or maybe even a new IP because, I mean, Bethesda's released a lot of good stuff. And it's it seems to be mostly survival based. If I'm, I mean, I may be wrong, but uh, there 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 have been some rumors swirling around of a new space themed outer space uh, IP. So yeah, who Will, knows? yeah, Will was talking about that uh, on, briefly on the last podcast. Yeah, it's been uh, teased a little bit in some articles with some leaks and some concept images, but other than that, no one uh, really knows. But that's the is quite a big company in its own right and they're very good at keeping things quiet if they don't want to i thought by now we would have seen something leak out for elder scrolls 6 because uh, um of skyrim being what like five years old now right it's uh it's seven years old came out in 2011. thank you you just aged me a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) well i mean every time i uh think about like i had to pull out my high school transcript and send it away um yesterday for some for for a reason that doesn't matter to this podcast but yeah and then i'm like looking at it and i'm like man i was in school that long ago holy shit <laughs> i don't even want to go back man. I'm <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting up there boys we're yeah. getting up there pretty soon i'll be getting uh, dentures oh god yeah uh, i'd rather have what dentures. else oh i was <laughs> Never mind. The joke I, I was gonna make is really, was really bad. So, but um, what else? What else is Bethesda gonna come out with? Uh, I mean, that pretty much covers it all. I, well, I, I mean, they're gonna have. Sorry, go ahead. Yo, I was gonna say that. Yeah, that's pretty well it. I mean, other than a new IP or some, or you know, probably showcasing more of Fallout uh, 76. That's pretty well. I, it. I'm gonna bank on that new IP. Yeah, because because I mean, just looking at the list that we have here. There's like three games on it, right? So and we just talked about them. So that seems kind of small, and I don't think Bethesda is going to have its own press conference and going with, go in with three games, right? They got to have something up their sleeve for sure. Yeah, and uh, even last year they only showed off like five games. Their conference was still an hour long, but it was because they showcased each game for at least ten minutes. Yeah. So yeah, they might do so, something similar to that. Then who knows? Yeah. But uh, the developer that we'll be looking forward to the most would be Ubisoft, I think. Hmm. I thought you... Well, for developer-wise, yeah, definitely Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft, they got a big uh they got a big uh, shoe to fill here for, uh, from last year with origins because origins was top shelves and uh now well now they got a new one coming out for uh, for, uh ancient greece so which what... i've been wanting for a while like i love greece like mythology history and stuff like this and after what they did with the egyptian history and just taking you back like to egypt you like you learned egypt's history while you were there like yeah it was just so good yeah mind you they probably used the uh, excuse of making a game so they could travel to egypt well, of course, I and I if you guys would. remember the uh, Assassin's Creed games, always have some more fantastical, magical elements to them, like with the Apple of Eden and that sort of stuff. But yeah. if they go to the Greek uh, Greek mythology, we might even see some Greek mythological god characters, that sort of thing. 
like Zeus's hammer. You know, it's a bad example, obviously, lightning but like, lightning yeah, bolt. Zeus's lightning bolt or like, <laughs> Who I don't know. Save. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing my games up here. That's uh, that's God of War. I don't know if we're gonna get into like Zeus and God uh, or like Hercules or stuff. Like, actually, Hercules could because he, he's, he's in most de- things he's a, he's a half god. Yeah, yeah. so, but I. I wouldn't be surprised um, if we're going back. Do you remember like Assassin's Creed 2? We had Leonardo, uh, Leonardo Di, um, da Vinci. I was yeah. going to say DiCaprio. <laughs> and this pops into my mind too because they teased that little trailer of the guy kicking the guy off the edge. And that's a throwback to uh, 300 clearly when Leonidas kicks the guy. So we might even see King Leonidas in the Spartans. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I think Greece has a lot of history um, that they could uh, actually incorporate into the Assassin's Creed franchise, and I, for one, am very excited for it. What if you are King Leonidas? That's the assassin. That'd be fucking amazing. You like lead an army of three hundred? Oh my god, I can't even think about that without getting without spoiling my underwear. Um, <laughs> So, but yeah, no, the the ancient Greece is going to be super exciting. I think we are going to see the gods, I think. Well, or they might even reference them similar to how they did in Origins, where they're like, oh, the gods, ooh, and they just talk about them for, you know, every yeah, moment yeah, they can. Yeah, I kind of forgot, like, Assassin's Creed, if I go back to, like, the originals and 3, they had um, the original, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but the, the first survivors, like, the first settler gods, remember? Yep. Because in 3, um... I can't remember his name, but the main character, remember he sacrifices himself to uh, make sure that one god doesn't yeah, uh, come back? Desmond Miles. Desmond. Yeah, Desmond. The one, the, oh, yeah, the guy from the first three? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nolan North's character. Yeah. Well, I really, I, I didn't like playing as that chick. Um, the, no, when it, when in Origins, took... that annoyed me. I didn't oh, like yeah. her story at all. And she just didn't care about anyone but herself and her research. I know, and then it's like... Oh, I've been in. I've been asleep for like forty days in this freaking simulator-like thing, and now I'm gonna get up and there's people around me, and I'm just an immediately instant assassin. Like, screw off. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like. I really. If we go back, like, I do remember they were trying to clone Desmond. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. Sorry. Yeah, I think it was in Black Flag. Do you remember? Um, if you hacked all the computers, you got um all that history and stuff like that. And remember they were taking uh, DNA samples from Desmond. Right. Yeah, I never spent any time outside of the Animus in that game. I thought it was just a crappy, boring tack on. I wanted to get back into the pirate ship uh, action. Yeah, Man, some of that hacking was bullshit. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, when you're close to the end of the game and you have to have, like, a level four security hack and you're just in there like, oh, man. Yeah, um, I don't like. Yeah, I didn't like that in any of the Assassin's Creed games where you got even as when you were playing with Desmond. It's like I just want to like be an assassin. Like I don't give a shit about Desmond. Exactly. So, yeah. It just yeah. I mean, it was a good story arc and all that, but it just felt like uh, here we go again with the talking and walking. I but, like though. Do you remember in Assassin's Creed Three um, when Desmond really started taking on like becoming an assassin? after his father got kidnapped and he went into the uh, Abstergo building. Like, you were an assassin. there was some combat as Desmond. In the first two games, it was literally just walking and talking in exposition as Desmond. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, like, tried to, like, make a cinematic movie out of it, but because, like, you're in a box and you can't do anything, so you're like, oh, I'm going to go stand by the window and look out, like, you know, like I'm depressed or something, and be like, whoa. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I did. I was weird when I played that game. My favorite character still from the Assassin's Creed um, series, though, is Ezio Aldatore. 
That's I liked Altair. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, I liked the first one too. Elta, uh, I can't say his name without sounding like an idiot. Um, Altair. Yeah, him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like his outfit too. Like I used that one in um, Assassin's Creed yeah, Origins. Me yeah, me too, man. He lived apparently. He lived to be ninety years old too. So he, clearly, he was the most badass assassin of them all. Yeah. Well, I don't know because now that if you play Origins, um, Bayek was actually the original assassin. Yeah, yeah, you. Oh, yeah, right. You haven't played Origins. I keep forgetting that, Brooks. Um, so that one, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't want to spoil too much for everyone, but like, close to the end of the game, he actually creates the Assassin Order. The the Brotherhood. Yeah. The Brotherhood. Yeah, and the uh, the symbol for the Assassin for Assassin's Creed. I was kind. Of, actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to spoil that because that was an interesting find. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Will? The the uh... yeah, I know. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I didn't want to say it out loud, but yeah, I mean, it's a when you play it all the way to the end, they show you how they make or how they determine the uh, the symbol for the Assassin's uh, Brotherhood, and it just like was like I would have never, ever in my life like figured that out. I really have to go back and play the the expansions for it because I heard it adds a lot more um, deal. Like the DLC adds a lot more story. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we should move on with Ubisoft because uh, we talk about Assassin's Creed for a millennia. Um, so what's Splinter next? Cell. Uh, Splinter Cell. Yeah, Splinter, Splinter Cell. Cell. <laughs> Splinter Cell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Didn't they? Didn't they announce that they were uh, that? I heard. I remember hearing some sort of teaser about Michael Ironside coming back and voicing Sam Fisher again, and then. No, what it was is if anyone's. Played um, Ghost Recon, uh, Recon Wildlands. They added a, a limited time event where. The mission, yeah, I yeah. just explained that yesterday. Okay, yeah. So that mission has uh, Michael Ironside returning as the voice of Sam Fisher. Personally, I when I played what was the last one, Blacklist or Black Blacklist, yeah. Yeah, Splinter Cell Blacklist. Great game, but every time I heard Sam Fisher talk, it just wasn't the same. I'm sorry. Yeah, it has to be Michael Ironside. I agree. I agree. I just remember going back to the original Xbox and his voice, like just that grizzled, you know, dark. It, it just fit the character perfect. Could you imagine a Mufasa that wasn't James Earl Jones? Like, let's be real. Well, it's like how they switched uh, David Hayter with Kiefer Sullivan for Solid Snake. It just like it killed it for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of David Hayter. I actually met him a couple years ago and I, I kind of embarrassed him. I, I went to uh, Fan Expo in Vancouver. I guess this would have been 20, 2015 or 2014, one of them. And uh, before he was the voice of Solid Snake, he did a movie uh, called The Giver 2. MacGyver and, 2? Uh, no, Giver. Do you know like the anime uh, Giver? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, yeah, he did like a, a North American anime movie, but it's a live action. Really cheesy. But I have a copy of it on DVD, and I got him to sign it, and the look on his face just blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, someone actually watched that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got a couple of those out, I'm sure, uh, some of the actors. Anyways, uh, move, we're kind of moved away from Splinter Cell a, a wee bit, yeah. but... So but yeah. yeah, Splinter Cell, it, I'm, it's making a return. It's been rumored for a couple years that um, the new, Ubisoft's new studio in China was developing a Splinter Cell. I don't know if that that's going to turn out to be true. It could, you know, we'll wait and see who, what studio's doing it. I don't really care. 
All I care about is the return of Sam Fisher. Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of return of Ubisoft titles, the Division Two also maybe happening this E3. Mm, maybe. Did you guys play the original Division? I played a bit of it and yeah. I traded it in within like two weeks. Yeah, I was super excited for that game, and based on the trailers and stuff like that, and then based on the game we got, I felt like we were lied to. <laughs> but it had like with the dark zone and the whole like dynamic like taking loot and anyone can get in a gunfight with anybody and the tension that the dark zone created. I thought that was such a cool idea, and then they only they didn't capitalize on it at all. They basically had that zone where you went to rarely and there was no incentive to go there. And then there was mad hacking and glitching, and it was so unbalanced. You had hackers running around with million damage weapons. It was just, it got stupid. Yeah. It's one of those games that they promised the world and just didn't deliver. I feel like with games like that is they have everything planned to a T, and they don't have any sort of, like, backup plan, I guess. So, like, when it got released, everyone was like, yeah, and then they just started doing things that the developers weren't, weren't expecting, and then it just broke the game. It just straight up broke the game and they didn't know how to handle it and then everyone left. Yeah, I, I don't really know how to comment because I do have a couple friends that are still playing The Division, mainly because uh, Ubisoft has released some really great free expansions to it. Not enough for me to go back, but yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> well, you look at a game like uh, Destiny 2 that we keep smashing repeatedly on this They're podcast. Just... You there know. just wasn't enough to do in Des- uh, Division 2. Uh, you know, you're just running around the empty streets of New York, just booking it down blocks, and everything looks the same. And then, oh, you stop, shoot a couple guys, and then, you know, maybe a dog takes a turd on, and then takes a crap on the side of the road. And that was the most eventful shit you'd see in that game, you know? No pun intended. <laughs> I like your pun. The pun was very intended. Um, anyways, uh, another Ubisoft game, kind of going back to Assassin's Creed a little bit, but Skull and Bones, which is the... Uh, We'll call it the successor to Sea of Thieves because we've stopped playing that. I do want to go back to Sea of Thieves, but Skull and Bones has me a bit more excited. I I really like the more customization options that they're adding into the game and having to get a chance at better weapons and upgrading your ship to be able to do more damage. Yeah, the upgrading the ship's going to be huge because, I mean... In Sea of Thieves, you look and you're like, oh, there's a galleon. It's like, if you don't, the only thing determining whether the galleon's a threat or not is how good the crew is. Whereas in Skull and Bones, if you get to upgrade your, your ship and you look on the horizon, you're like, well, that ship has like a lot of freaking upgraded stuff, so I'm not going to even fucking go near him. I'm just, I'm wondering, like, there can only, they can only, like, it's going to be cool. Don't get me wrong. The naval battles in Assassin's Creed Black Flag were great, but I really don't think it's going to be enough to hold up an entire $60 AAA title. Yeah, we talked about this prior. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I agree. It still hasn't, I, I still haven't seen anything yet, but I'm sure Ubisoft's going to release Like, in something. terms of progression, too, like, how much can you really do? Like, how much really, can you really upgrade a ship? Like, it's going to get boring and repetitive real quick. I want to see them where they have actual story to these naval battles. Like, sure, you have your multiplayer, but, you know, maybe you have to go if you're a pirate or, you know, if you pick Navy and you have to track other people down. Sea of Thieves is missing a lot of story, and I think this is where Ubisoft can capitalize that with uh, Skull and Bones. Yeah. Yeah, they shouldn't make the same, same mistakes that Sea of Thieves made for sure. Um, like releasing a beta game at best, which should be one of them. Like the up to what what they have now should have been released. 
I think. Yeah, I'm really disappointed. I was super excited for Sea of Thieves, but like we've talked about it. We do want to go back and play The Hungering Deep so we can kind of talk about it on the podcast for all of you. But it's just one of those games right now that I don't have any... Any drive to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of the word, but it's just... You know, I'll turn on my Xbox and I'll see it sitting there and it's just now it's becoming like State of Decay 2 where it's like the game's fun, but there's nothing to do. Yeah. And I mean, we we even yeah, we opened our computer and I had my capture card and everything ready. And I'm like, oh, let's play Hungry and Deep. And then we just kind of sat there in silence for a second. You're like, nah, let's play. Let's play Fortnite. (laughs) (laughs) And we're glad we did, man. Well, we had a really coward uh, win, but hey, we got a win. (laughs) We got a win. Um and then uh, we played the other night. We did spectacular, but we were. And then we found out we were on the Asian server, and we were shocked to find that we were doing way better on that server than the, than the North American one. <laughs> yeah, I think today uh, I got switched to the German server because uh, one of my friends forgot to put fill, uh, do not fill in, and next thing I know, the guy's speaking German. <laughs> that must have been intimidating. Well, we're like, do you? Does anyone understand what he's saying? And I was like, I think he said jump. <laughs> So we went down, but we all died. <laughs> Jump. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, we did, like I said, we did good last night where we dropped into Lucky. I got three of my challenges in one match. It was like yeah. shotgun kills, um, kills in Lucky Landing, and the minigun kills all in one match. It was great. Yeah, we're talking about, think... Are we talking about Forkknife now? No, yeah. we're going to go back, but I think, <laughs> yeah. I think Fortnite, though, has a great like now the multiplayer aspect of that game is going to be what's going to be the core core demo now of a lot of upcoming games i'm going to say yeah every game is going to want to be fortnite pretty well yeah sorry even skull and bones skull and bones is wanting to be fortnite it's just everyone wants to take what they they offer it's just offering it something different all right, moving on here with Ubisoft. What about uh, what about Watch Dogs Three? I'd be excited only if they brought back the main character. I don't think they they covered him enough from the first game. The I playing Watch Dogs Two as much as I like the main character, and then you have that side quest where you run into um, Adrian. Aiden. Just, Aiden, sorry, yeah. I just felt it was a bit of a letdown and. There's a lot more that it can do with Aiden. I don't know. I just felt Aiden was the most generic, like Batman-sounding character you could possibly play as. You know, like <laughs> but the he most... was just—he was so—he was more badass that way. So cliche. I don't know. We can agree to disagree on that one. I think a new protagonist would be a mo- much more interesting choice. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I've kind. I kind of don't watch too many movies anymore because it's just the same formula in every freaking movie I watch, whatever genre it is, like action. It's like, good God, can you just choose any other formula, please? <laughs> so. You can't because everything's been done. <laughs> well, there's a couple things that haven't been done enough. <laughs> like, and there's a couple things that have been done too much. Oh my God, yeah, it's just super <laughs> annoying. And then you know what? With video games, even I'm getting that way but the only thing that's hanging me on with that is you get to play as the characters right so if you're playing a mindless game that does that you know you're not playing for the story then it's fine but if you're playing one for the story it's like oh my god it's the you know if it's a shooter game it's like oh my god it's the exact same action generic uh plot point that's in every action movie and every action game and it's just super annoying yeah 
don't know. If I if I had uh, any skills as a developer, I would uh, just make my own freaking action game. <laughs> yeah, um, but also like Ubisoft, uh, what are they gonna have for Nintendo this year? Are we gonna have a new Raving Rabbits? <laughs> I hope not. He doesn't say no thanks. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I just didn't know which one of you was gonna like actually. There was like a bit of dead silence there, and then someone spoke I mean, up. And you know me, I'm always down to bash a bad video game. <laughs> Well, yeah, there was a silence because we were picturing ourselves playing the game, and then we're like, nope. I'm just wasting, like, $50 on that piece of crap, so, ugh. Yeah. But, hey, that's uh, 30 bucks less than Nintendo Labo, so. <laughs> yeah, which you could literally wipe your butt with because <laughs> it's cardboard. <laughs> Do you guys remember that spaceship game Ubisoft showed off, uh, Starlink? Star Starlink? Yeah. No? I don't remember that one. You actually, like like the Nintendo Labo, you make like a little starship and uh, put it on your controller if I remember correctly. I'm trying to find it. I, it, it I'm, here it is, Starlink, Battle for Atlas. And you're going to send me a link so I can laugh at it? Yeah, just look it up. Starlink, Battle for Atlas. <laughs> Starlink. Not Star Fox. Not nope, Star Lord. Starlink. Starlink. <laughs> <laughs> Too many damn stars now. Stars now, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, not maps. Don't send me a map to the Starlink. That's not... Starlink is in... Uh, oh, I just... I went back too soon. It gave me an actual map to that. Starlink. Oh, yeah. Battle for Atlas. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. No. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no. No. It's a no? It's a, it's a no. <laughs> I could see that I could see my cat attacking that, and then it just doesn't work. <laughs> it looks cool, but it, it's definitely another dud. It says, "Let's even the odds." I like, yeah. I like to challenge that. <laughs> but <laughs> that's on a P. It's on a PS controller. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Starlink. I, you know what? When you said Starlink, I just totally pictured Link, like. <laughs> In a fucking R-wing. In a fucking R-wing. Just like... <laughs> Maybe we should make that into a shirt, Will. Link in an R-wing, call it Starlink. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. We should, yeah, we should tech, We should get our our graphical dude on the on the phone right now. <laughs> the game better be good with a t-shirt that good. I'm going to anticipate also a brand new uh, exclusive for the Switch, though. Ooh, the last you know they, they not, decide to more, do rape. and the more port, there's gonna be more ports as well as well as whatever new IP they're gonna release. I think. Yeah, yeah but they tried to do Rayman Legends. It sold better as a, a, like a multi-port, and then Zombie U. Well, I don't. They need another IP because they keep kind of rehashing. I mean, everyone's stoked on the rehashing of the old franchises because the originals were amaze balls. But um, one of those being Mario Tennis, who I like, literally just played the demo today, and I got so freaking mad I quit, and I'm not buying the game. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good marketing tactic. Get me so pissed off I don't buy the game. But um, yeah, so they need a new IP. The last new IP they had was Splatoon, and it was it was it was fun, but it was broken. <laughs> it was quite broken. The single player was lacking a lot of uh, a lot of soul. And the multiplayer, like I said, was fun. I, I laughed, though, because I thought it was Nintendo's middle finger to Call of Duty. It's like, ball. 
paint, not bullets. Um, but yeah, other, other than that, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too fun. I know they've added stuff to Splatoon 1 since then, but I haven't picked it up again. I've had kind of no drive to, just like with Sea Thieves. Uh, one fran- uh, well, not franchise, but IP I'd really like to see the return of is uh, Prince of Persia. Yeah, that might have died out with the movie, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm just getting bad flashbacks of Jake Gyllenhaal with an ugly goatee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah, but I mean, the original games were fun, though. Yeah, even like the one they did for the 360, I think that was the last one. I just can't remember the name if of it. I really do, enjoyed it. If they could do the Sands of Time on the Switch, I would be happy. Oh, but they're coming out with uh, Crash Bandicoot and uh, Spyro on the Switch, aren't they? Yes, they are, but the, the, they are going both multi-platform so they'll be everywhere well you can play the like the best game sony has to offer on the, on the switch so that's you know another reason I mean, yeah portable here. console man it always gets extra points for that yeah for sure um i kind of uh i kind of feel bad last year at paxwell because we're sitting in line and you're like trying to have a conversation with me and i'm just playing zelda on my switch and i'm like ignoring you <laughs> and you're like oh, okay. trying to like look around for someone that to wasn't talk to. switch that was um no, it was Switch. It was. Was it? Yeah, it was Switch. Did and you then, bring your Switch? Oh, I, yeah. oh yes, you did. I remember because I was the only one that had internet, and I had to look up walkthroughs for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those uh, shrines were. Some of them were frustrating. But all right, well, I think that'll do it for part one, boys. Um, next, next part, uh, which will be released on Friday, will be all about uh, Xbox, all about Sony, and the remaining developers that we have not talked about yet. And we're most excited for E3, which starts on what day again, Will? May tw- or, uh, June 11th, I think it is. It's the first uh, conference. Mon- that's uh, Monday. So it would be June no, June 9th, right? Oh, June 9th. June 9th, yes. June 9th June... is going to be... Uh, see if I can get up the schedule so we can all talk about it here. One, give me one second. Well, we're going to be doing lots of uh, lots of coverage, like we've said for the last couple of podcasts. We're going to be doing lots of articles. Me, Brooks, and Will basically won't sleep, and uh, we'll get all this stuff up on the website for you guys, so you can have a look. Uh, we'll also make a video summarizing what uh, what's a bit what's what happened in the press conferences and uh, what you can expect, just so you don't have to watch the whole two hour shin bob. And yeah, so join us here at uh, Video Games Now on our website at videogamesnow.ca to uh, stay up to date with E3. And uh, so what, what's uh, what's coming up on Saturday, Will? So on Saturday, June 9th, we are going to start E3 off with Electronic Arts. EA, baby. EA. Uh, coming yeah. soon, NHL 20. Yeah, that'll be at 11 a.m. Pacific time for us. So we'll have content on our website and probably on our YouTube pages following that. On Sunday, June 10th, we have Microsoft at 1 p.m. Followed by Bethesda at 6.30. And, oh, there's another one here. I just can't remember. I know the studio. I just can't remember what they've made. But Devolver Digital will be at 8 p.m. On Monday, June 11th, we have Square Enix at 10 a.m. Ubisoft at 1 p.m. We have the PC Gaming Show at 3 p.m. And Sony finishing it off at 6 p.m. That's a a big deal. Yeah, that's... Sony's going to try to finish it hard that day. And then finishing off the E3 conferences on Tuesday morning, June 12th, we have Nintendo at 9 a.m. Yep. 
Maybe uh, maybe Nintendo always goes last so that uh, the Japanese guys have enough time to adjust to their jet lag. I never really thought about that. That and practice their English. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. Wee wee don't work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so anyways, thanks for listening to our podcast today, guys. Let us know uh, what your thoughts on the uh, E3 2018 presentations are going to be. Uh, what do you think is going to come out? What are you hoping doesn't come out? Destiny 3. Um, anything like that? Let us know on our Facebook page or Twitter. And or Google Plus if you're into that as well. No one. I think more. I'm more into Google Plus than I am Twitter personally. I don't know about you guys. Uh, yeah, Google Plus. I don't really uh, use Twitter other than uh, checking notifications well, yeah, or uh, things I subscribe to. Twitter's dead. Well, it's not dead. It's just garbage. Um, <laughs> yeah, with Google Plus, you can choose whatever little whatever like um, what do you call them communities you want to be in so I'm in Pokemon and Zelda so my feed's like only Pokemon and Zelda stuff and I don't see anything about Trump I don't see anything about um, how you know we're sh- stupid to the planet or any any of that it's just Zelda and Pokemon that's all I want so <laughs> yeah. anyways okay guys thanks a lot see you all in the next one bye 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 Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.